Red, has that slight diversion into more quotes given you an opportunity to pull up the outro for the show, or are we going to be winging it again? Oh, I'm you sorry. It Was I supposed Don't to be you... doing that? <laughs> Don't you embarrass Red by asking that question. <laughs> oh, please. I've gone through shame and out the other side. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. What's cracking? And Indigo, who's uh, who, who may or may not say hi. That's that's honestly up to her. She she might she might not. Eh, no, no, okay, now let's move on. Uh, <laughs> we are all uh, at the whims of a the, the pod mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Indigo, much like the podcast, has an eldritch energy to them. <laughs> It's uh, it's the Philly energy. Um. Yeah. Anyway, um, Red, how have you been this uh, this past week? Better oh. than me. Uh. Well, uh, skim it above the surface, let's say. Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah. It, Both it's of us entirely... have had um, many things that have gotten in the way of us, like being on top of the the, the, the work ball, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, it, uh, well, in, in my case, it's entirely my own doing. It's, uh, the, the problem is, well, we'll get into it when we discuss my video from the last couple of weeks, but basically I accidentally broke my own comic website by doing kind of a self-inflected DDoS, and even though I knew that was the problem, I couldn't leave it alone for, like, two days straight. I was just trying to optimize, and, like, there had to be some way that I could just make it work perfectly and fix it, and, and, uh... That, that's not a good mindset to be stuck in, especially not for no. two days straight. Um, no. And uh, so, like, I, there, no one to blame but myself on that one. The problem was self-inflicted. The fact that I got st- stuck on it was self-inflicted. It was just entirely a hell of my own creation. Uh, but, yeah, we kind of been through it for the last week or so. But uh, things are looking up, which is nice. <laughs> things are mercifully looking up, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But a uh, uh, fun video coming out uh, next couple weeks. Um, fun videos coming out past few weeks. Uh, yeah. uh, we had technically uh, technically two trope talks uh, this past <laughs> little go around. From a certain uh, point of view. Because we had the, the trope talk on, on time skips, and we had the uh, the detailed diatribe, um, which is basically just a spatchcocked trope talk uh, <laughs> on the, the the parallel character She-Ra. arcs in yeah. She-Ra. That was a fun yeah. one. Cause, uh, it was. Uh, with with Samurai Jack, when we did the first one, it was like you know we'd both seen this you know a million times. We knew what we were getting into oh, yeah. with with the Shira one. It was fun because I had absolutely no basis in that show, and it, it still worked really well. It, it was like a little conversation. I got to be the the audience surrogate um, <laughs> for for that one. Even yeah. though we also had to worry about um, the the copyright gods uh, oh my God. just spiking that video into oblivion uh, for about three straight days before we just quit. I. I had such a good B-roll for that video. I had such a good reel. I, I edited the whole thing together. It was great. It was informative. I even synced up the lip flap some of the time. And then I just... Oh, wow. I know. It was great. And then it just... Mm, it, I know. I'm disappointed, yeah. too. But, hey, you know, I I think in future, uh, if if we end up in that situation, I'll try, like, putting in, like, still frames of the character I'm talking about so that people at least kind of know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was one of the requests in the comments because, like, part of the problem was I'd, I'd done the edits so many times. Uh, once I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever, we'll just get rid of it. I, I was not in any state to go in and then be like, and this is the picture of Catra from the wiki, and this is the picture of Glimmer also from the wiki. And like, I was not in a good place to do that. But uh, ne- next yeah. time we, we do one, we'll give that a shot instead, uh, yeah. if the B-roll we- is that nuked. After we had tweeted out about how horrible of a time we were having, we got a message from from Tim, hello future me, on uh, <laughs> he messaged to be like, oh, uh, yeah, been there. Yeah. <laughs> How's that going for you guys? We're like, not good. He's like, yeah, no, I've, uh, yeah, us, uh, us video essay types deal with that a lot. It's like, yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> and it was like, I was having a bad enough time because the, the file was so big that it was like taking mm-hmm. over an hour and a half to export and then similar time to upload. And then immediately it would be like, ooh, 
sorry. We happen to notice that you're using some footage from this show you're talking about at these specific points that are different than the last time we complained about specific points in the footage. So, um, yeah, you can't, it, it wasn't just that it was getting demonetized. It was getting like blocked. Like it wasn't just like, oh no, we'll get no revenue. It was like, nobody can see this video. Um, yeah. So, and, and then like going in, tweaking it, another three hour turnaround time for getting it uploaded again. And then, ooh, sorry, different things to complain about this time. It was just, I mean, yeah. man. And that was like a 40 minute video, which is long for us, but not long by video essay yeah. standards. So I cannot imagine no. how awful it has to be <laughs> if you have like a, like a two hour video where a lot of it is footage. Like that just, yeah. oof, don't yeah. envy that. No, exactly. Um, yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to complain too hard because the whole premise of uh, Detail Diatribe is that it was a fun, easy way for us to convey a lot of the thoughts that we have about specific media properties into a video where otherwise we'd kind of have to, you know, fit it into trope talks and, and be mm. like, oh, there's so much more I can say, but eh, eh, that's the way it is. So yep. this was supposed to be like, ah, oh, it's great. It's easy. It doesn't take too much time. It's unscripted. It's it's really good when we just have a really bad week where for some reason I have to drop everything. Not going to explain why, but that's basically what happened. <laughs> and then it's like, haha, actually it takes three whole ass days to do the upload process which yeah. usually takes about half an hour. It's like, ah! So... <laughs> yeah, not my favorite. It's not been my favorite. a time. The discussion was really good, though. Um, it was a great discussion. I'm really pleased with it. I'm like, I can't wait yeah. to watch this damn show now that I know where it's going. <laughs> right? That's, that's my... Yeah. That's what I always... That, that's my approach when I try and get people into a show. I always know that people need something to hook into. Uh, and it, it's always like for some people it's like I'm I think they're gonna love this character uh, like I, I showed I showed a friend of mine um, Transformers Prime and I was like she's not gonna get into this until I get her to watch a Starscream episode so I'll just propose that we watch a Starscream episode with no context you know just for funsies and by the end she was like all right, where's the rest of it? And it's like, yes, <laughs> my scheme yeah. has succeeded but you know that that's how it works and uh, with, with a show like this it's like it's good all the way through, but man, it gets really interesting late, and that's why it's like, listen, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, because it's good and you, it's cool. You gotta it's set up really well. You gotta go for it. Um, you gotta do it. You just yeah. gotta. And um, no, that was, and, uh, that was fun uh, The sort of explanation uh, format I think was good because when we made the Samurai Jack episode, you know, it, it was like kind of a test pilot, and we were sort of getting a feel for the the format. And it was like the people who'd watched Samurai Jack were like, yeah, and the people who hadn't watched Samurai Jack were like. What? Which is a bit of an issue because it's you know yeah. ideally you know when we when we make our videos we want them to be fairly accessible to people even if they don't automatically know the examples we're citing that's why we explain why they work so for this one it was kind of like okay only one of us knows what this show is like and how it works and and where it's going overall so um, we can just kind of leverage that uh, one of us is the audience surrogate the other one explains to the first one why this works so well and then you can kind of have this call and response like q a format where it's like oh yeah well what about this oh yeah well they did that and uh ideally that allows the audience to hook into it much better than if they just had basically two people who like a show that they haven't seen talking about why they like it <laughs> um yeah yeah, so every time we do this, we, we figure out ways to, to tweak it. We had a, a good idea going into the first episode, and we're like, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe we should we should do a little less scripting for the second episode, so we did. And it's like, okay, well, there are a couple tweaks we can make, so hopefully each one will will get, uh, uh, will have a better and better audience experience, because it's, uh, it's been a while since we've launched a brand new uh, show quite like this, so yeah. uh, it takes a little bit of adjusting. Also, because it's just, it's a big adjustment since it's both of us uh, in the in the video with you know essentially no script it's uh, yeah. it's a different dynamic from the podcast it's a different dynamic from our own videos so it takes a little bit of adjustment but uh adjustment, adjustment. Uh, i slipped into my sean connery there for a second uh <laughs> it takes a little bit of adjustment um but uh thanks to all of your your comments and your your feedback good and bad we're able to make them better for for next time yeah so that's exciting and it's not it's we'll not have... doing half bad like uh, uh no, the, no, no. the shira one did actually a little better than the first one which is good because often when we launch a new thing like the first one gets a lot of attention, and then there's drop-off and interest later. And in this one, it's actually the opposite, mm -hmm. which is very promising. Although it, yeah. it might be, like, case-by-case case and show-by-show. Show. Like, I expect if we talk about a show that, like, everyone has seen and has an opinion on, like, if one of us somehow develops a strong opinion on, like, Game of Thrones, <laughs> that one would probably outperform everything we've ever done. Oof. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. Uh, 
That would require that we we watch Game of Thrones all the way through, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to watch any bad. Game of Thrones. I've managed to avoid <laughs> watching any episodes of Game of Thrones. I I remember when the peer pressure started, like late middle school, early high school. People were like, "Oh, dude, you gotta watch Game of Thrones. It's like the coolest thing ever. It's like fantasy, but miserable." And I was like, "Hmm." I get the feeling that that's not going to be fun, so I'm going to hold off and wait for it to end, and then maybe I'll watch it if it turns out to be good. And who's laughing yeah. now, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Remember when Game of Thrones was the biggest thing, and then it just stopped overnight? Let's not get into this too far. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be talking about She-Ra here, but uh, it's actually probably time that we, we, we uh, hop over to the other video that we had. Uh, right. Recently, which was an exclusive red video, uh, none of me getting in the into the uh, the armchair library room and gumming it up. Uh, <laughs> this was the uh, the trope talk on time skips, which yeah. is uh, it's a fun one because sometimes you do character archetypes, sometimes you do the more like structural kind of things, and this one was more of a like a a writing technique, uh, like a plot point, which is not the most common thing to see. In a trope talk, but it was really interesting to to see how you handled the uh, the analysis of that one. I'm glad, yeah. Uh, it was it was definitely an interesting one for me because like time skips are actually kind of maligned a lot of the time. Like there are most people who have an opinion on time skips like a couple of time skips and dislike time skips on principle. And I was kind of trying to figure out when I was writing out the script, like why is that? Why why are these so jarring to the audience why are even the good ones conditionally liked and and why is it so controversial to just skip the time forward so i kind of had to start from the position of like well what does it do to continuity what does it do to audience engagement and the answer is it breaks both of those things and like unless it reinstates it quickly uh in a way that the audience can click into it ends up feeling like you're no longer engaging with the same story and like you know it's it's healthy for a story to change over time but it's not great if you break it and then you have to have the audience re-engaging with this at this point functionally new story like not what they signed up for at the beginning um but uh yeah no it was a it was an interesting thing to explore uh especially what exactly separates a time uh time skip from just a time jump or an ellipsis and uh kind of getting in the weeds with that particular definition because it's like listen continuity is almost never unbroken like it's so baked into media we don't even notice it so what makes a time skip different? And, uh, well, it's it's mostly a matter of scale and how much things change. Uh, and it's funny yeah. because uh, I, I didn't actually mention this about the reboot example uh, because, oh, man, I got to actually talk about reboot in detail. What were the odds? Uh, it's almost like I choose these topics myself. Um, but uh, in, in that specific case, one thing I didn't mention is that initially it is obscured how long the time skip has been. Um like we know a little bit of time has passed because essentially when we uh, when we leave those characters they're both kids and Enzo has just fully lost an eye the show has gotten dark it's awesome and then the next time we see them they're in a game and uh, when the characters are in a game they quote unquote reboot which is why the title of the show is what it is and they essentially change form to fit the game environment and sometimes it's just like they're in a different outfit but sometimes it's like they're fully different creatures like they're mermaids in an earlier game at one point and in this case they're a little like Mars attacks aliens kind of like big bobble-headed chibi things uh and we can clearly tell it is yeah but and they're talking in like ag ag sounds it's very funny uh but like we can see from their color palette and their design that it's like okay that's enzo that's andrea cool and it's cheeky because they're kind of using elements of their kid design that they don't carry over into their adult design in the little mars attacks versions but we do see that enzo has like a fancy golden like prosthetic eye now so it's like oh some time has passed um and then they uh they win the game the game leaves we have a close-in shot on their dog, who looks exactly the same, and then we hear an adult male voice we've never heard before, and it pans out <laughs> to show that our two kid heroes are now two extremely grown-ass adults in a much grittier environment than we're accustomed to, and it's such a cheeky little, like, pulling the rug out from under you, like, it could have been just, like, a, you know, a couple in-universe weeks or months, maybe, but nope, they've been at this a while, and the show has just gotten kind of sad. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing I kind of didn't discuss as much in the video as I could have, but like a lot of times they do kind of obscure time skips because to a degree they are plot twists, you know, you don't really expect the story to break its own continuity and jump ahead. So there's a lot of twisty framing around them a lot of the time. Um, and also Reboot is good and everyone should watch it. It's on, I believe, shoutfactory.tv. Uh, we can throw a link in the show notes if we want. <laughs> but uh, 
Well, everyone should watch yeah. the first three seasons and then not season four. Uh, and that's uh, that's true of a lot of shows I like, actually. <laughs> anyway. Um, three seasons, been the fourth, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, I feel like a problem, or not a problem, but uh, a complication and an obstacle with, with many tropes that do big changes in a short span of of story time because you know if if the in-universe time skip is very long but it's handled in the space of like you know a page or Mm -hmm. you know five minutes of of screen time um it's it's a it's a lot uh and there are a lot of ways to mess it up and not a lot of ways to do it well (laughs) There, there there are a handful of examples of you know trope talks you've covered where it's like this one's, you know, kind of dodgy. You got to really be careful. There are a few ones where it's like, this is just bad writing. Uh, oh, those are yeah. much rarer. Um, I've got one of those yeah, coming no, up, a, actually. I've been, uh, been working I, yeah, on no, it. Yeah, I was reading the script <laughs> to that uh, a couple weeks ago. And it's I was like, exciting. oh, here we go. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I touched on a, a spicy trope that I, I think that one's for August. Um, uh, there, there's a spicy one upcoming that I don't think is unilaterally bad writing, or at least good writing came out of it, but it came from a bad place. It's exciting. And then there's one of them that I'm talking about where it's like, no, this is the name for this trope is that it's a writing mistake based on this other trope that's better. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, woof, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, with time skips, I was like, there's nothing inherently inherently bad with this trope there has to be something in the execution that people get wrong a lot of the time that explains why it's so disliked and like lots of people in the comments were bringing up like oh yeah fairy tale had like three time skips and they were all trash and uh from what i remember (laughs) that's correct but uh, it's been a while it's like it would disrupt the status quo except no it wouldn't it's like oh it's seven years later uh and oh our guild has lost respect but don't worry we won a tournament and now everybody likes us again (laughs) Like, oh, it's been a yeah. time skip, and the hero is evil now. Just kidding. He's fine. He's undercover. <laughs> He's actually now, fine. You, you did a really good job of explaining the crux of the problem where when the time skip creates an obstacle to be undone, mm. then you've just done bad writing. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you if you create a new scenario for the story to exist in and a new status quo to work towards that you run with, then you can get something good out of it. But yeah. if, if you create a problem for the sake of uncreating the problem, then you've just you've just done bad because you're 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 putting arbitrary blocks in front of the plot mm-hmm. that you know it's then pretending is like, oh look, we removed these arbitrary blocks in front of the plot. Well who put them there, dumbass? So yeah, yeah. anyway. It's <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah, that's no, why writing that's is why uh, like... writing is hard. It is, yeah. That's why I like my time skips to have lasting consequences in characters that make sense, which is why, again, I spent a full minute and a half talking about Reboot, because it did it really well. Although someone in, uh, I think maybe the Discord mentioned that, like, they'd watched Reboot as it aired, like, uh, you know, we were, like, very little when Reboot was airing. I watched it on DVD afterwards. And apparently the response in the fan community was like, oh my god, they ruined Enzo, they made him all grimdark, what did they do to my fun kid protagonist? And it's like, no, don't you understand? That's the beauty of it. But I do understand, like, it's fucking jarring. It's like, absolutely wild that they actually did that uh yeah and it's good it's good but it's good because they really committed to the bit they were like we are going to make him traumatized as fuck and we're going to really lean into the ptsd angle and how his friends and loved ones love that he's back but don't really know what to make of him now and it's like yes yes give me the drama so uh it's a good show yeah you've definitely got to commit that is a trope that requires full absolute commitment all yeah. the way through or it will fall apart <laughs> exactly you got you got to play it to the hilt and you got to really let the changes propagate through and when you do it's frequently good and when you don't it's usually something people are like the show the story would have been better if you just hadn't broken the continuity if you just continued yeah. along the path you'd said it would have been better uh which is why i i uh i did kind of touch on the sort of mid-range stuff like the way dragon ball handles time skips where it's like yeah they mm-hmm. won they had a few years of chill stuff and then uh aliens showed up okay let's go deal with that <laughs> it's just you know <laughs> it's a nice little mid-range of like they got a little happily ever after they had a few years of happily raising a kid and mm, well have fun uh and as a side note, I also uh, pitched, uh, finally announced my my comic on the channel in that video, and it immediately crashed the comic site. Uh, so that was fun. It's still crashed, by the way. It's like it's intermittently loading. It it's not that the site is down; it's that the server is overtaxed. So it keeps throwing these random 500 errors. Uh, sometimes internal to the site, so the page will load, but the CSS won't. So like you can read the comic, but it looks really ugly, and I hate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Oops. But you, anyway. you made a workaround, though. You made a workaround for it. I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got uh, Cloudflare working on the site, so as that caches more of the assets, uh, that should 
just improve things in general as things slow down. Also, the problem's not going to be a problem forever because once people finish reading through the archives, it's just mostly going to be a bunch of new readers reading it as it updates, which is much less of a server strain than like, even like 20 people going through the archives simultaneously is like hundreds and hundreds of HTML calls a minute. So of course the server's like, Argh! but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like 20 people checking in at the same time to all load the homepage, much less of a strain. And the whole thing is mirrored onto the comic Tumblr. I added a link to that to the video description and the pinned comment so that People can just read it if they want. Uh, and it's, I feel kind of silly that I didn't do that earlier, to be completely honest, because like, I, I don't have like any ads on the site or anything. So there's no benefit for me driving traffic there. It just makes the site unhappy. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, I can understand why you wouldn't have thought to do it. I mean, I wouldn't have thought to do it. It's like, I, I have the one site for my comic. Why would I copy it over? Yeah. That's more work. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and besides, <laughs> the site works perfectly fine. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's natural to not think about that kind of thing until it's like, ah, heck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I spent a couple days being like, I'm sure it'll stop being on fire any day. Now I, I chatted with my host tech support, and uh, it, it's a little bit funny. Uh, the first couple times I chatted with it, I was like, uh, so it's throwing errors. And they were like, ah, I have identified a problem somewhere that I've now fixed. Is it loading now? And it's like, well, it loads intermittently, so it loaded that time, but that doesn't mean it's fixed. And they're like, great, thanks, five stars, please. <laughs> and uh, what the trick I found is that the third time I was like, is this caused by server overload? And could I potentially solve the problem by upgrading my hosting package? And they were like, yes, absolutely, it is caused by server overload. And if you want to pay us more money, this won't be a problem in future. And I was like, thank you. All I wanted to know if this was a server overload issue that I couldn't fix on my end. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think the thing is, if you're working in tech support, you're not allowed to say, yeah, our service is um, not great for this. <laughs> but you can say, our paid service is better for this. Um, but uh, So that was an uh, adventure branding. and a half. <laughs> ah, branding, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm glad to be through that particular dark mindset. I, I, I didn't really enjoy being stuck in that headspace for two days. I didn't get any other work done. <laughs> yeah, we it was... Uh... It, uh, all around OSP, it was uh, it was a not getting work done kind of week, but uh, that's how yeah, it be sometimes. Yeah, uh, sometimes. Did have happy. the time to to check out uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, boy Tim, hello future me. He put out a video yeah. uh, this past uh, Friday, I think, uh, I think so, about yeah. not just Cyberpunk 2077, which was the nominal focus of the video, but literally about the entire genre and the evolution thereof. Uh, it's a really well done video and the kind of video that we do not see often because large projects are hard and this one took him six months. Uh, we, we put it on the community tab earlier, but if you're even slightly interested in that, and honestly, even if you aren't, we'd recommend that you check it out because it is a really good look at how a genre develops and evolves and comes to be in the space where it is because I admittedly am not really the biggest fan of cyberpunk and I haven't really been i haven't played the games or anything like that but it was fascinating listen to tim explaining the process of what the you know the newest big shiny which is which is 2077 what that took mm -hmm. from its various predecessors and how it combined it how it reimagined it and how you know certain other properties did it better and stuff and it's just a really cool examination of an entire genre of of writing because um, one of the things that that's interesting is is Tim has himself described cyberpunk as the the only genre that is built on the foundation of a single theme being transhumanism, mm. um, and that you know everything else in the genre spills out from that. So it's a great video, um, really really interesting stuff in there. Even if you're not the biggest fan of the genre, uh, it is not getting the love that it deserves. Um, but hopefully, if you check it out, then uh, maybe it might. So, yeah. uh, link in the show notes. Um, cannot recommend it enough. Um, support uh, your local YouTube creator today, even when local <laughs> is not actually local, but is in fact from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all just citizens on Spaceship Earth together? I'm Except sleepy. for I'm uh, Jeff Bezos. He's, he's about to fuck off. <laughs> oh, can't happen soon enough. And speaking of new videos, we also spaceship. have a fun format coming up that we wanted to update with Blue. Yes. <laughs> to get yes. to yes. steer yes. away. Right. That one was next. I remember. Um, I... Yeah, so next uh, next uh, two days from now, if you listen to this at the time of upload, um, we've got uh, the triumphant return uh, of City Minutes. The first time that we did it, the overwhelming response was, City Minutes as a series concept is great. Shorts 
as a format concept are terrible. And I thought, <laughs> cool, got it. So I, I, I put it on ice, worked on it for a little bit, and we have a new version of it that is launching on Friday that I really think, I hope, that you will like. Instead of doing one individual minute on one individual city and having that be the thing, the new version of this takes... Um, for, for example, the first one is going to be on Athens. And instead of just looking at the city of Athens, it looks at five other cities around Athens and around the Delian League and explain in one minute apiece how those cities work together. So sure, Athens was the, the political and cultural hub, but it wouldn't have been anything if not for the harbor of Piraeus. And that wouldn't have been anything if not for the treasury of the Delian League on the island of Delos and yada, yada, yada. So I'm taking the the core format of, of city minutes which is one city per one minute but i'm combining them together so that i can create one video of like approximately like four to six minutes in length depending on 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 how many cities i do to show networks of cities and how they interact and how they build off of each other beyond just you know the one shiny capital city at the heart of it because that's never the entire picture so uh you will see a new city minutes athens video on friday you are not having deja vu uh, <laughs> this is the new version of it. It is horizontal. It's longer. I think it's a lot better. <laughs> and I really, really hope you like it because I have a bunch that I can do in this new iteration of the show. Uh, and if it does well, I will be so excited to continue on with that um, because I am really happy with, with how it turned out. And it is definitely a lot better than the first iteration of it. So I'm appreciative of all of your feedback. Uh, and I hope, hope, hope that you enjoy this this new run that's coming out on Friday. So if Hell you're yeah. curious, please check it out. I really think you're going to dig it. <laughs> and that's all the announcements. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's it. That should be it. Oh, and uh, the Loki pins have been shipping for like a week now. So uh, if you still haven't gotten yours, it's almost certainly in the mail. Have fun with it. Yeah. And oh, then God. Zeus and Hera are getting produced. Um, they will probably be a few weeks, maybe a couple months. Um, I know there's a lot of different uh shipping bottlenecks that have been popping up here and there but uh starting with our next set of pins we're going to be producing all of them beforehand so you can just buy it and then it will immediately ship so zeus and Hera will be the last pin that has shipping troubles um because we have adjusted our production pipeline to be better <laughs> yeah baby yeah so with that i think we can transition into the q a section sweet Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from our Ask OS Pod channel on Discord. If you've got a question for the podcast, be sure to head over there and drop it for a chance to be featured on the next episode. And since this is a, a episode 20 of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, we've been doing this shit for over 20 episodes, we're going to bring back uh, our only recurring bit, which I guess like, we can say is recurring now. <laughs> because we are doing it for a second time, the lightning round. Yeah! Woo, get excited. Woo. So for those of you who do not remember back on episode 10, the lightning round is a way for us to get through the endless list of properties, books, movies, TV shows, video games, etc. that you lovely folks have asked if we are familiar with. So we'll be throwing out just the name of the property and red and blue, you guys just hit us with, have you seen it and did you like it? Got it? Oh. Yep. I, I actually forgot the rules for the lightning round, so I appreciate the brush up. I, you know, I, I figured like, oh, you know, we should brush it up for the audience. But I also had the moment of uh, I've sat through every single episode where we try to do the outro and I'm remembering how that goes. So let's just prime okay. everyone. <laughs> let's just prime everyone involved. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's get into this lightning round. So first property, Stein's Gate. Uh, haven't seen Never it. Never heard of it know about it i think it's got like uh like cell phones you can send back in time possibly through a microwave neat uh full metal alchemist hell yeah oh wait 2003 or brotherhood it just said they just said full metal so we're gonna go with both all right all right i've seen a little of the 2003 one and didn't like it very much brotherhood fucking slaps, slaps. it's the best anime i've Ooh. ever seen like like i think that there are maybe like better stories but it's the most well-crafted anime in terms of pacing and setup and payoff and animation and voiceover performance it's really good everybody needs to watch it great we're moving on because it's a lightning i have not game. seen it <laughs> Boo, it's Boo. on netflix come on blue uh the final fantasy games uh, no. Nah. Mm -hmm. nah. There are too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, insert, I thought it was the Final Fantasy joke here. Uh-huh. Uh, Lore Olympus. Uh-huh. Uh, read some of it. Uh, like it. Uh, the person who makes it follows us on Twitter and bought our Hades and Persephone pins. Um. I have not. Yeah. <laughs> this is the trend. I have not seen, <laughs> watched, or read most things. Ah, uh, media. <laughs> Mega Man 1. Uh, no. No, but I have played Mega Man X uh, on an emulator a while back. It's pretty fun. Uh, Attack on Titan. I uh, I watched it for a while, uh, and I read the manga for a while, and uh, I kind of tapped out because it was initially sold on, this isn't your daddy's anime, main characters can die. And then like uh, they kind of settled into a core cast of main characters that really couldn't die. <laughs> and uh, then it kind of got a little weird and fascisty, and I sort of tapped out. But um, yeah, that's me. That's me with Attack on Titan. Yeah, no, I haven't seen Attack on Titan. <laughs> we'll get one eventually, Blue. We'll get one no, you've seen. No, no, we won't. That's, They'll that, ask that's about the Blue Batman promise. or something, and you'll be like, yeah. Binging with Babish. Uh, oh, no, actually. Fuck. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I've seen Binging with Babish. Okay, fine. fine. And your you get hubris. <laughs> your arrogance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love me some Babish. Sign and I watch it all the time. <laughs> the NHL, the National Hockey League? <laughs> uh, No. I used to be a big fan of hockey, uh, support of my hometown team, uh, and then I uh, went to college and stopped having time for hockey, and then in the intervening time, my hometown team got bad, so I stopped Ooh. caring. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the boys. Uh, no. Nah, nah. The dragon prince. Yes. Mm. It's, uh, no. it's It's pretty good. Uh it's by some of the team that made Last Airbender, and you can kind of tell it's got similar structures. Uh, Sokka's voice actor plays the lead. Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, the animation's a little choppy in the first season. They're kind of getting used to this sort of uh, 3D rendered but 2D cell shaded style that they're using, and sometimes the frame rate drops precipitously in a single sheet scene. Mm-hmm. It's a little odd. Uh, but it's pretty good, uh, and I think they're making more of it. I think they got confirmed for more stuff. Uh, Hades Town. Oh, uh, listen no. through the whole thing. Uh, probably at a time I shouldn't have because I was emotionally compromised. And I was like, oh. maybe this time he won't turn around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, it's a good performance. And the guy who plays Hades in that also plays uh, Frollo in like the off-Broadway Hunchback of Notre Dame version. Uh, and oh, he's wow. got a really good voice for playing baritone bad guys. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, come on, guys. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I've watched Dragon Ball Z, and I've watched Dragon Ball Z Kai, and I've watched Dragon Ball Z Abridged, and some of those guys follow us on Twitter too, which is cool. And have it's you, a fun Have you actually watched show. Dragon Ball Z if you haven't tried to go Super Saiyan at least once in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who among us hasn't? Um, I, I, I say that Kai is, I think, a better viewing experience just in terms of pacing, and also all the voice actors have about 20 more years of experience, so the performances are all better. Uh, but watching original Dragon Ball Z is hilarious. I highly recommend everyone watch the, the original Frieza fight once, just to say they did it, because it's four hours of nothing. <laughs> it's it four hours of floating in landscapes and glaring at each other and occasionally chucking out one-liners about how this planet only has three and a half more minutes before it explodes. Excellent. All so right. good. One last one here. Uh, Mamma Mia. Who's seen it? Wait, like the movie with the sequel, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again? I assume. I don't really understand what other Mamma Mia they're going to Maybe just the Abba song? Unless they're asking if we know their mother. Uh, <laughs> and they're Italian. Greek, I think, right? Uh, actually, I haven't watched The answer the to both is no. Yeah, no. Sorry. No. I've heard the Abba song, though. I mean, yeah, that's what it means to be human is to have heard that song at least once. <laughs> oh, yes. Abba, awesome. the backbone of civilization. Yeah, well, we'll cap it there for this issue of the lightning round gotta you know get through the endless there's i have i so i take notes on all the questions that get asked in the uh, ask os pod channel including what's going to be included in future lightning rounds um it's it's very long it's a very long list (laughs) (laughs) needless to say there's a lot of media properties out there that's that's the weird thing about the modern landscape of culture is that there's a lot of stuff to consume (laughs) people creating art no way it's more likely than you it's think. More likely than you think. Ah, uh, oh, blue. All right. Single brain cell. Jinx. <laughs> Three humans, one brain cell. That's the OS pod for you. All right. We'll get back into. Mm. No, that's just the podcasting experience in a nutshell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Can confirm. 
Uh, all right, well, we'll jump into some of the actual Q&A questions. The lightning round will Whoa. return in another 10 episodes. Uh, this first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you want to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron. There's lots of cool stuff on Patreon for you to check out. A fun community over there. And you could have a chance for your question to be featured first on the podcast. This question comes from ace for red as someone who has recently discovered that I am asexual, do you have any advice on how to explain the concept to people that may not understand it naturally? Ooh, that that's tricky because to be completely honest, it depends on the individual person and what part they aren't getting. Mm -hmm. um, I've, uh, I've gotten some mileage out of saying like, okay, you're straight, you know how you feel about people of your own gender, that's how I feel about everyone. And for a lot of them, that's like, okay. Or, you know, your, your ex orientation <laughs> that implicitly excludes these people, yeah, I'm like that with everyone, or, you know. Uh, but the problem is, you know, a lot of the times, the problem is not, oh, I've never heard of that and don't understand it. The problem is more like, that doesn't sound right. I think you're wrong. And that, I, mm. I've given up trying to explain to people who do not want to understand what's going on, you know? So I, I can't give the best advice on that front. Um, also, awareness of the orientation has been growing a lot, so there's a lot fewer people who've just, like, never heard of it. And a lot more people are like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you just don't like anyone? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, sometimes they might ask uh, obtrusive follow-up questions, but uh, that's their prerogative, yeah. and you are allowed to not answer them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, just in general, it's it's a pretty simple concept to explain. Uh, and uh, if someone's not getting it, for the most part, it's because there's there's a problem beyond just they haven't heard of it and they didn't know that was a thing. Usually they're like, I didn't think people could do that, and I still kind of don't think people can do that, or something like that. So, but yeah, you know, cl plain simple terms. Um, just like I find it is helpful to frame it in. Uh, in their experience to a certain extent, although that can be a bit tricky because part of being asexual is you do not know what it is like to not be asexual. So it can be difficult to be like, you know, your experience, mine's different in these ways. Uh, mm. And I have had a few people be like, well, I'm not attracted to everybody I see. And it's like, yes, but that's not the same thing as not being attracted to anybody you see. <laughs> you know, it's uh, there's a lot of miscommunications. And to be honest, I'm a little bit jaded about the whole process because um, at this point, most people I deal with fully understand the concept, and most people who don't... It's not that they haven't heard of it. A lot of them have just, like, preconceptions about it that I just don't want to deal with. Um, so I'm not the best person to answer this, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But yeah, simple terms. Um, sympathy with their disparate worldview. General chillness tends to work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also important to remember that like there's a spectrum to everyone's lived experience, even within like the ACE community yeah. or within the LGBTQIA community, you know, um, your experience being ACE might not be the yeah. same as someone else's. So, so, you know, if you can True. relate to some aspect of something when you're trying to explain to someone your experience, being aware that maybe they have a, they fall somewhere else on the spectrum or um, they've encountered someone else who fell somewhere else on the spectrum. And that's where some of these preconceptions they have are coming from can kind of help you navigate That's that true. as well. I have also run into apply, results may vary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have also run into a few cases where someone's like, well, everyone feels like that. And it's like, I assure you they do not. And mm -hmm. then like a couple weeks later, <laughs> they'll be like, so uh, figured out a few things about myself. Um, I, I, you know, cause we only ever really know our own lived experience. Everyone else's is kind of to some level for us, hypothetical. Uh, so I have had to kind of remind myself like, no, most people don't actually feel this way. Uh, and I have to, I have to approach it from a world-building perspective sometimes. It's like, if everybody felt the way I did, there would be a lot more media that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and a lot less advertising with very scantily clad women on it. And, you know, so it's like, if the world, if everyone felt the same way I did, the world would look very different. Therefore, I can conclusively prove that a lot of people do not feel the same way I do about this, even if it's difficult for me to explain to them that that's the case. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't really feel like I answered your question, but I, I hope you you squeeze some meaning out of that. <laughs> We've got a, uh, a few pride-related questions, because it is June, you know, it's Pride Month, and we oh, here at OSP like to hey, do yeah, our yeah. due diligence on that one. Uh, unfortunately, I think at, based on everyone's orientations uh, read, there's a lot of ace-related questions, so this may fall to your shoulders a little bit, but um, this next one <laughs> comes from the planet Pluto to Red in the spirit of Pride oh. Month. How did you realize you were ace? Asking as someone who's questioning if they're ace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for me, it was a little bit awkward because uh, I was in a relationship at the time. And basically, I, I had a moment of like, 
I've been liking this less and less. Like, I like this person, and we're good friends, but I think I liked it better when we were friends, and we mm -hmm. weren't doing all this other stuff. Uh, and uh, after I sort of came to this realization of, like, hmm, I really don't want to do this, uh, I uh, talked to him about it, and uh, we broke up and are still friends. Uh, but it was definitely a situation where I was like, it was a stress test thing, you know? Like, I probably wouldn't have thought about this if I hadn't been in a situation where I had to constantly reevaluate why I was feeling bad in a situation that I, you know, should have enjoyed because mm -hmm. it was with a person I liked, doing things that people like. And I was like, no, nah, okay, no, actually, I kind of hate this, and let's get out of here. Um, I'd imagine that's that's also part of why it, it, it takes some people more time to figure certain things out than others because... You know, the process gets rapidly accelerated when you find yourself brushing up against a situation that you, for some odd reason, find really unpleasant. And if some exactly. people don't find themselves in that situation, they won't question it uh, or anything. So right. No, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd been like questioning things in hypotheticals. I For a while before then, I'd assumed I was bi because I was like, hmm, I think I like guys the same amount that I like girls. And I hadn't realized that amount was zero because <laughs> why would I think of that? Um but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it was definitely one of those things where if I'd been exposed to the term earlier, I probably would have realized earlier, uh, and I ended up having to come to the conclusion because I was in a situation that was becoming increasingly high pressure and just feeling worse about it, and I was like, all right, either I'm going to have to betray some fundamental part of myself to keep this going, or I'm going to have to recognize that that fundamental part of myself exists. Which is it going to be? <laughs> and uh, that's not really a choice. I'm very stubborn, so I, uh, I, I came to the... Uh, the healthy conclusion and uh, figured some stuff out about myself and then would not stop telling people about it at school for two weeks straight because I was like, you guys are never going to believe it. I figured out this cool thing. And they were like, all right, that's cool, cool. Th um, who are you? So Are you telling me um, that you battle in the center of the minded your way to realizing your sexuality? Because that's awesome. <laughs> God, I wish. I wish. It would have been more dramatic that way. No, I, I think I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm not having a good time. And what is the point of a relationship if not to have a good time. Hmm. And then I kind of had a few moments of clarity and I was like, I'm going to stop doing things I don't find fun, which was tricky because I was, you know, I still had a year of high school and four years of college mm -hmm. left. So I was like, <laughs> I, I had to sort of dial back the hedonism a little bit. Like, all right, yes, uh, yeah, but school, exception for school. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Process anyway. involved a lot of sitting on rooftops in the rain. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, Rudy. you know, there was, um, it, it's difficult to question these things. Uh, it, if you don't even realize that they're a part of you that you can question, because, you know, we, we have a very, um, I think a metanormative is the term, a very metanormative society where the expectation of relationships, specifically heterosexual relationships, is just so baked in that, like, the idea that it might not be for you in any, con uh, in any metric is just not something that occurs to you. Like, it, it feels weird to say, but to a certain extent, you are very limited by the things you've been exposed to. And if you haven't been exposed to that concept of, like, that's just not for me and that's fine, it takes a lot more work to get there mm -hmm. um, because you're sort of limited by the space of what you've learned is possible, you know? And if you've never learned that that's totally possible, totally chill, it can take you a lot longer and a lot more, uh, a lot more grief to figure out like, oh, I'm this and that's fine. Um, finding the label was a big relief because I was like, oh, I am this and thus it is fine because <laughs> there's a word <laughs> for it. Thus it must yeah. exist. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're questioning it, I, I wouldn't stress too much about it. You know, you, you, don't, you don't need to get your label right on the first or even mm -hmm. the third try, as mentioned. For a while, I thought I was a bunch of other things, and I was like, actually, <laughs> this, that seems to fit. Um, and there's still elements that I'm not 100% sure about. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a process of self-discovery. I think it's more important that you cultivate your own happiness than that you know 100% what words you would apply to yourself in a vacuum. So, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta take some time, figure yourself out, do your thing. There ain't no rush. Um, this next question comes from Saucy Chan. Uh, it's directed to me, but I think I'm gonna open it up to all of us, just asking what pronouns we use. Um, I use she, her. Mm. I also use she, her. He, his. Sweet. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! A quick one. Nice. A Better quick throw that question. One in the lightning round. <laughs> quick, someone go on a tangent so we. <laughs> We can make it a true <laughs> OS pod question. Oh, man. All right. 
Uh, the concept of gendered pronouns is fucking stupid. All right, there we go. Next question. <laughs> Eat it, English, English language. English doesn't gender its nouns. Why do we? Oh, God, it's it's so awful. It's really funny to me that people try to, like, make a point about how hard it is to use genderless pronouns by mm-hmm. purposefully getting them wrong. And it's like, my dude, I'm sorry. That doesn't make it seem like this is complicated. That makes you seem very stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to use they, them correctly. In fact, it's very easy. You do it without thinking about it when you're referring to large groups of people. So when you purposefully get it wrong, I don't think you're owning the libs. I think you're an idiot. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, is she wrong? No. Uh, This next question comes from creative username. To either, in the spirit of Pride Month, here's a question from a friend. How do you come out? I'm, I mean, he's worried his parents are like low-key homophobic and he's worried about ruining his good relationship with his father. Also, he's bi. Any advice? So, uh... Coming out in potentially tricky situations. Um, so I'm in the, that's a tough one. Yeah. I'm in the position where like, I had pretty much nothing but support after I came out from, you know, my, my friends, family, loved ones in general. Uh, I had the occasional awkwardly invasive question, but for the most part, I was in a very safe environment for that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I mean, here's the thing coming out as a concept I'm starting to think is fundamentally flawed because it's built on the fundamentally flawed premise that everyone should be assumed to be cis and straight and thus you must come out to tell them they're wrong and it's like that that basic assumption is I think the problem and coming out is a solution to that problem but it, it's it's built on that flawed premise I don't think you owe anybody that kind of explanation mm-hmm. um I think it's entirely based on your own comfort levels. Uh, Also, like, you can keep things private. You don't need to tell people all this stuff. You know, you you don't owe anybody an encyclopedic explanation of who you are and how you work at any point. Like, it's often good to figure out for yourself so that you can, you know, like I said, cultivate your happiness more efficiently and just better. But you don't need to tell people if you don't want to. And if if it's, like... If it's really bugging you that they're treating you in a certain way, uh, that that's something else to address. But if you if you feel like telling them might cause more problems than it solves, I I don't think I can in good conscience recommend mm-hmm. that you put yourself in danger just because people are supposed to come out. I, I just I don't think that that's a solid way to do it. You know, I think the the base premise is flawed. It essentially tells people that you know you owe everyone a deep look at at your inner psyche just because they wrongly assumed something about you and then didn't take the hints that they were incorrect. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to ultimately do what's safest and healthiest for you. And so if you find yourself in a situation where it isn't safe or healthy for you to come out to a certain person, then, you know, you have to make that decision based on your individual circumstances. And um, you also could just be out to, like, friends if it's something where... Uh, you're worried about a specific group of people in your life, but not others. You don't have to come out to everyone all at the same time. It's it, it's an ongoing process, and it's something that it's really individual. But it's a hard question. I realize I just picked this question, but it's a hard question for any of us, I think, to accurately tell you how <laughs> to do it, because there is no one right way to come out. It, it depends very heavily on your individual circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, when I... Um announced it way back when we did the Q&A for, oh, I think, 100,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no, I was no, actually... no, 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 it was 1,000. <laughs> was it? That was when we did the yeah. Q&A? Oh my god, yeah. you're right. I forgot because we labeled the other one Q&A for 100K because it rhymed. God. Yep. <laughs> right, but like, at, at, wow, yeah. Jesus, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I lose track of the numbers, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, at the time, I... I you know, I, I'd come out, I'd been figuring myself out, I'd been dealing with some just gross stuff on the internet I'd recently discovered about this that has fortunately died down in recent years, but at the time was really frustrating me. And I was like, I don't need to tell people this, but I want to because I didn't have somebody like this. I I didn't have somebody being Mm -hmm. like, I'm this, and that means I can live this way. Like, I, you know, I I actually had, like, exposure to various other things. You know, my, um, my, my family was pretty chill about most things. I've, uh, had a few relatives who were like out as lesbians back in like the 80s mm. well before that was like <laughs> a even halfway chill thing uh and um 
in recent years I've discovered that some of like my my relatives and like family friends are also ace which is cool but like I I didn't know that at the time I didn't have the vocabulary I didn't have anybody being like I'm this this means that this is a thing that people can be and so I was kind of like I can keep this private and if I don't I might open myself up to all kinds of weird stuff but I will also be telling people hey I'm this here's how that works and you might be too if that's a thing you've been wondering about and I thought that was more important, um, but that was, you know, we, we have a platform. It was important because we had that platform, even if at the time it was, you know, a thousand people. Um, and I, I felt that it was not my responsibility, but a thing that I could do that would help. So I wanted to do it, um, but it, it wasn't a responsibility or an obligation. It was very much just like, I figured out this thing. It took me longer than I wanted and, and more grief than I'd hoped for. And, it, it was like, until I figured that out, I couldn't figure out other things about myself. So having that option is good and, and giving people that option is good. But this is like a unique circumstance. Well, it's not unique, but it's like a, it's a specialized circumstance. You know, you, you don't owe that to any individual person in your life. It's it's always got to be your choice. Coming out is not an obligation. Um, mm. It's it's a private thing made public. And it's only being, it's, it's only a private thing made public because of that inherent assumption that there must be a norm and you must say if you deviate from it. And that concept is fundamentally bad and I don't like it. So I, I'm having trouble addressing the question as it's asked, yeah. I think, because um, it's like- I'll, I'll say- I, No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead, I insist. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> say one other thing is there is, because of the way that it works and the, I guess the, for lack of a better word, the, the viewer experience of, of seeing the example of somebody else coming out, there is kind of an implicit assumption that you have to, like, jump off of the moving train of, like, you know, straight cis and then perfectly land into whatever, like, new space that you're that you're going into mm -hmm. like aha i was this but huh, no actually that was only a facade it turns mm -hmm. out in fact you know and then like have that like this new presentation or this new identity like perfectly defined for yourself to land into in the process of coming out yep that is uh, misleading <laughs> it's a misleading uh, assumption yeah. it doesn't have to be like that and just because you might have seen and and many of us would have seen the experience of people saying aha turns out this other thing it, it it doesn't require having a perfect understanding of of this new label that you're that you're choosing for yourself or this this new way to describe yourself or this new set of vocabulary you you can be a little bit you know like feeling it out you can take your time you don't have to make it one big thing there you, you can take some, some some small steps instead and you don't have to to put all of the pressure on doing this one thing all at once and then you know landing in the exact right spot if that makes yep. sense and i haven't mm -hmm. accidentally said something horrible <laughs> <laughs> no i think you you really hit the nail on the head because it's like especially when you're coming out the idea is like i was wrong before i'm right now but the thing is like your understanding of yourself is flexible and it's going to change as you grow um and whether like as mentioned you know i i went through a few labels before i was like oh this and you know before i hit on ace i i wasn't really attached to any of them i was like that sounds accurate i guess i given my current understanding and you know that's really all it is it's just it's a self-assessment and um again the most important part of it is that if you understand yourself you can better cultivate the things that make you happy i don't think you owe it to yourself to like bite the bullet and like tell everybody in your life including the ones who might actively try and make you unhappy because of it mm -hmm. just because it's theoretically more honest like you <sighs> honesty is on paper a very good thing but you don't actually owe 100 percent transparency to everybody especially if it'll compromise your safety um like it's it's not wrong to stay safe <laughs> especially yeah. if the other people making you unsafe are acting wrong themselves you don't need to be the better person by opening yourself up to vulnerability mm -hmm. so that people can hurt you more accurately you don't need to do that you can you can hold off until you're in a, a a less vulnerable position you can compartmentalize it you can keep that kind of thing like a lot of people come out to their friends long before they come out to their family uh also for a lot of people coming out is kind of a it's an ongoing thing because they meet new people and those new people don't automatically know everything about them mm -hmm. and might make assumptions. Um, the, uh, the various 
trans people I know will often have to be like, or not have to, but uh, I, I've known some of them. And then like after a few months of knowing me, one of them will casually drop like, you know, before I transitioned and I'm like, ah, <laughs> we're at that stage in our relationship. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, it's not like they sit me down and like bake a cake and they're like, I just want you to know <laughs> some stuff has happened. And I am a perfectly normal human being whose pride flag is this. I'm like, wow, radical. I never would have get it's, it's it's not really how this works, you know? And, and I, I get a lot of people like to make an occasion out of it, but I, I never really got that. And I, I worry I can't give you any good advice on this. You know, just uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, focus on, the whole point of this is cultivating your own happiness and self-understanding. Since that's the point, doing something that will actively undercut it is not the way to do it. But if you think that, if you think that being honest with your family is something that you, it, it is fundamentally important to you cultivating that happiness you can totally do it you can but i'm not going to tell you to because yeah, it's I, entirely mm -hmm. your own decision i'd say that as long as you are honest with yourself and you're not lying to yourself about who you are everything else is negotiable based on circumstance that's yeah 100 mm -hmm. it is always most important to stay safe and healthy uh and in some circumstances you cannot do that and also be completely upfront and honest with everybody uh, and it sucks, but you're not the one who made that situation. So it doesn't suck because of you. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, we here at the podcast and OSP do send all of our love and support to everyone, no matter where you fall on whatever spectrum. Um, Absolutely. So hopefully our community on Discord can be a good, uh, you know, place for you to find some friends as well if you're in a situation where you don't know if you have anyone you can rely on like that. Um, but we're going to move on to another question now. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Fish Knight great name for all are your names truly your favorite color what is your favorite color the concept of a favorite color but i'm dodging every single one of these questions uh here i'll, I'll go instead i really like the color blue uh i am uh, an absolute slut for the color combination of blue and white it just looks good it's the greek flag it's the scottish flag it's just a good nice fun color combination it's simple it works well uh, in home decor. It works well on clothing. It works well. It just it's it's all around a great combo. Oh yeah. Uh, and it is uh, it is a coincidence that that is the color of my eyes. I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> I'm just a slut for the classics. Uh, <laughs> and I like the so, color combination. Uh, yeah, no, of, uh, I'm I'm pretty on brand with this one. <laughs> yeah, and I like the color combination of black and red because it's very mm. soothing in its own way. Uh, very very goth and uh, I. I can't say it's my favorite color because I'm an artist. I respect all colors except like orange and puce and stuff. Orange is gross, unfortunately. Like no shade to it, but ugh, it's just it. It's a rare orange that looks halfway good. Um, uh, my only exception to that is like Halloween pumpkin orange. That's the only good shade of orange I respect. Uh, but yeah, uh, not my favorite color, but it's a f color and color combination that I really like as I stare into my wall of black and red soundproofing foam <laughs> arranged pleasing me to the eye and i stare into my wall of blue and white soundproofing tiles uh, uh similarly uh, arranged <laughs> we are such basic aesthetic bitches i know it's great it's, I it's love really it. staggering <laughs> yeah. uh indigo is not my favorite color my favorite color is red uh hey oh <laughs> sorry blue but uh i gotta i gotta jump ship <laughs> no i mean that's <laughs> That, that, that's totally fine. I mean, we, we, we do the colors the way we do for, for, for branding purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll get, we got time for, I think, one last question, a little short and sweet one. I say jinxing it before reading the question, um, before we wrap up this podcast for today. Uh, this yes. comes from Waking Dream. Uh, settle in, folks. Settle in. <laughs> <laughs> to all, what's the most memorable, not necessarily your favorite, piece of dialogue for you in TV or cinema? like a line or some dialogue that's really stuck with you. Ooh. Oh, fuck. Um, huh. Somehow Palpatine has returned. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. good. Poor Oscar Isaac. Um, Looked so dead inside. Star Wars memes are, are just every single line of dialogue from the prequels is, uh, is so quotable and so memeable. <laughs> Large swaths of Jupiter ascending are now embedded in my brain, but that's that's, that's for other that's, reasons. Yes. That, that's because <laughs> I have a fun little cross promo real oh. quick. That's because I hopped on uh, Indigo's uh, <laughs> own podcast, Movie Struck, for a two and a half hour discussion of that movie, which means uh, such gems as 
but how could I be a reincarnation of your mother unless your mother was from Earth are permanently embedded in my brain, along with, technically speaking, I'm an alien. <laughs> I love Which is dogs. technically not actually true. <laughs> oh, God. That movie. Oh, um, uh, I've watched Speed... Oh, and also, I create life! And <laughs> That's I true. destroy it! Anytime Sorry. Eddie Redmayne started yelling in that gems. movie... <laughs> They're so good. Go watch. Uh, shameless plug. Go check out the Wallace. Jupiter Ascending episode of Movie Struck, available now on all your podcast platforms. Um, Do it. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. I need more people to suffer through that movie with me. I need more people <laughs> to validate my opinions on it. Yes, uh, Red really took advantage of the concept of that podcast, where it was uh, the opportunity for people to make me suffer through movies that no one would watch with them. So far, we've gotten a lot of really oh, good yeah. movies, and then also Red picked Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> So we've been going yeah. through. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of movies that we but did on Movie Struck, the thing is, like, I I needed a second opinion on it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I recently watched Speed Racer, uh, which I watch regularly of my own volition, but I watched it for the podcast. And <laughs> the line from that movie that has lived in my head rent free since I first watched it in 2008 is uh, when Speed Racer says, "Get that weak shit off my track." An actual line from the live action Speed Racer movie from 2008. I feel like I can't, I can't have a what? question. Like, get, it is a real Wait. line. He is in the Grand Prix. He is driving. He like That's dukes real? around Cannonball Taylor, and he looks dead over to the side, over his shoulder to the camera, and he says, "Get that weak shit off my track." Real. That is real dialogue. A I, real line that Emil Hirsch says oh my God. on screen. I thought it was like. I thought it was like one of those inaccurate lip reading no. things. I was like, wow, that's crazy. It no, almost it looks like that's actually what he says. Really what he's saying. It's incre- <laughs> It's one of two moments in that movie that I think is when I actually transcend a physical form while watching it. <laughs> Fucking bananas. I love it. It's uh, great. Uh, I did recently watch uh, Metropolis, the 2001 mm. animated Osama Tezuka-ish movie, uh, which is very good and very sad and beautifully animated. Uh but I feel like the line, who am I, doesn't really have the same punch uh, just out of context as it does in context when it's the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> They're also playing the Ray Charles version of I Can't Stop Loving You over the entire scene. And I promise it's incredibly good and sad. It doesn't. It's not a shit post like I just described it. All right. Well, we've got some great quotes. I feel like we could quote movies for hours, so I'm going to cut us off there before we get too deep into the weeds. But, uh, Red, would you like to take... Wait, no. I, oh? I don't think Blue's given us a quote oh. yet. Oh, have I not? Oh, well, I think it was just Red me and I were talking about Castlevania yesterday, so the line that automatically pops into my head is, it's the magical door of death, Belmont. Shut up. <laughs> God. <laughs> or I think it's, are you coming or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you coming or what? It's the magical door of death, Belmont. Because that's like, Alucard is just, it's, it's such a great encapsulation of his character because he's such a dick, but sometimes he knows how to be funny, and then that's like, mm, oh, that's so good. It's a yeah. good time to remember that Alucard is physically 19 at most yeah uh, <laughs> with a, presumably a the corresponding level of emotional maturity so he's dealing with this like surly 30 something belmont who's digging through the ruins of his family home where he had to watch everything yes. he loved burn to the ground and everyone killed and he's just like hey belmont hey belmont does it bother you that i'm a vampire in your basement <laughs> Belmont's like oh my god this is the worst <laughs> Yeah. And you know none yeah, of them know that. You know they don't know that Alucard is like a fucking surly teenager in the body of a grown-ass adult. None of them yep. can possibly know that. <laughs> oh, that show is so good. It's That's excellent. Good. It's I mean, we got to right, rep the, uh, the best line of that show is, uh, you, you must, must be, be a Belmont. Belmont. <laughs> yeah. Also flawless yeah. in excellent. context. But uh, anyway. Castlevania, <sighs> highly quotable. Uh, Red, has that slight diversion into more quotes given you an opportunity to pull up the outro for the show, or are we going to be winging it again? Oh, I'm you sorry. Know it has Was I indigo. supposed don't to be you... doing that? <laughs> don't you embarrass Red by asking that question? <laughs> oh, please! I've gone through shame and out the other side. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Thank you all so much for listening. As always, um, if you liked this podcast and you want more of the podcast, more of the podcast exists. 19 episodes and at least one bonus. In fact, two bonuses. Presumably accessible through the same avenue that you acquired this podcast from. So I don't think you'll have much trouble finding them. Uh, we Are you writing have... a senior thesis? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it gets longer it's every time. It's important to be thorough, all right? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Listen, if one of you just resent me the script so I wouldn't have to scroll all the way back through the chat, maybe I wouldn't need to do this every two weeks. I feel like we've committed to this red. Is a bit of weekly podcast. Red, it's it's the pinned comment in this Discord <laughs> chat. Uh, well, what makes you think I have the the mental wherewithal to check pins after two hours of this? Anywho, um, where was I before I was so rudely interrupted? Um, oh, that's right. As previously mentioned, this is a bi-weekly podcast, so expect a new episode in uh, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got links to various goodies in the show notes, all kinds of fun stuff down there for you to check out. How many more things can I add to this before full <laughs> mutiny breaks out in the rest of the chat? I suppose uh, I'll find out next time, until which point I have been read. I'm dying of old age. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Oh, God. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on July 7th with a special returning guest, Tim, a.k.a. Hello Future Me. If you'd like to leave a question for the show, be sure to head to Ask OS Pod on Discord for a chance to be featured on air. If you'd like to support the podcast or the channel, check out our Patreon and consider rating the show and leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform. Happy Pride from all of us here at OSP, and we'll catch you next episode.